We're living in a time where we are all being affected because of this pandemic across the globe. This pandemic has caused the entire world to take measures of social distancing. Throughout the course of this pandemic, we have been told to avoid physical display of affection. And by that, I mean avoid handshakes, avoid hugs, avoid kisses, avoid physical touch. Greeting each other through handshake transmits the virus due to skin to skin contact. We have been told to substitute hugging, to substitute handshake for something else, whether it's a smile, a wave, a bump of elbows. We have been told to substitute face-to-face -face meetings for online meetings. Unfortunately, some of us are having a hard time understanding the consequence of disobeying the curfew set in place. We, we've decided not to obey because for us, it has been a challenge to distance ourselves from people. So the question is, why all these changes? What's the purpose for this? Well, the purpose of social distancing is to reduce the spread of infection and lessen the impact on society. People are being infected or infecting others with this global virus. I want you to know this, my friend, this global pandemic started small. This global pandemic started because of a virus which started in one specific place through one specific person. Think about that. This global pandemic, this global virus started in one place through one person. And so now social distancing may be in full effect until a vaccine is available. So what's the problem with social distancing? The problem with social distancing is that we weren't made to be alone. God did not create us to be lonely. As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, the Lord God said, this is God talking. It is not good for the man to be alone. The first thing I want you to understand that in a, in a social distancing environment, in a world of pandemic that we're going through as a nation and as a world and in the globe, I want you to understand that we were not created to be alone. But I want you to know that this social distancing didn't just happen a few months ago. This social distancing, we see the first social distancing ever existed in the history of mankind occur back in the book of Genesis. And it happened because of the first virus that separated mankind. This virus is called sin. The virus called sin affected the entire world. Now understand this, before this virus would ever contaminate and affect humanity, God himself warned mankind of the effects of the virus. And in Genesis chapter two, verse 16 and 17, it reads, and the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God told Adam, listen, there's a virus that could happen if you disobey and you commit sin. So here's my command, do not touch. Eat from the tree of the garden because here's what's gonna happen, you'll certainly die. We all know the story, Adam decided to disobey. And as a result, the virus came into full effect. But it didn't only affect Adam, it affected the animals as well. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, it says, So the Lord, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust all of the days of your life. So we see that Adam was affected. We see that Adam was infected. But we also see that the animals were infected as well. Not only the animals were infected in Adam, but we also see that even the earth was infected because of this virus. Chapter 3 of Genesis, verse 17 and 18, it says, To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Look what he tells him. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat fruit from it all the days of your life. And it will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. So this one virus, this one disobedience, this one sin affected mankind, affected the animals, livestock, and it affected the earth. And this sin, this virus caused social distancing between God and man. Can you, I want you to think about that. Man was distant, separated because of this thing called sin. Now, what was man's consequence of sin? His consequence was social distancing from God himself. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, the Bible says, So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had taken, been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden a cherubim with a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Because of sin, man was socially distanced from God. Because of sin, that's the virus. Because of sin, man was cursed. The earth was cursed. The livestock was cursed. And now there's this virus rampant throughout the history of mankind. There's a virus out there and like we are experiencing today, Scientists and the CDC is trying to figure out a vaccine, a medication, a cure for this virus. Let me tell you, God had a vaccine for the virus called sin when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And let me tell you who that virus was. The virus was Jesus. Jesus was the antivirus for the sin and the virus of the sin. But here's the deal, my friend, that for the antivirus, which is Jesus, to have its effect Jesus needed to distance himself from heaven. I want you to understand that. Man was distant from God because of a virus. Now, the antivirus for man's problem is Jesus. But for Jesus to become the cure for man's problem, Jesus now has to distance himself from heaven. To think that Jesus would leave the splendor of heaven. The writer of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 tells us, For by him were all things created, things that are in heaven, things that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether it be the thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things 
consists. Jesus, my friend, is the creator of all heavenly beings. This is why in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. Making reference to the fact that Jesus created celestial beings. Everything was created by Christ and he left it all. So before God surrounded himself with all he created, he was surrounded by himself. And by that I mean surrounded by the Father, surrounded by the Son, surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Because these three have never, ever in the history of the existence, they've never been separated. However, Jesus became socially distant for you and for me. Philippians tells us that he emptied himself of himself. In order to do away with the world's virus, Jesus had to endure being left alone. And we see throughout the course of the last week of Jesus, as a matter of fact, the day before Jesus was crucified, those closest to him left him alone. Judas betrayed him and left him alone. We also see that the disciples were scattered and left him alone. To the point that in Mark chapter number 14 and verse 50, the Bible says that everyone had deserted the master. God left him. Think about that. Not just the disciples left him, but God the Father left him as well. At the cross in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 and 46, listen to what it says. It says, now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all of the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Up until this point in Jesus' existence, he had never, ever been socially distanced from his Father and from the Holy Spirit. And he would say things like in John chapter 10, verse 30, the Father and I are one. Never was he separate. So the question is, why did he do it? Why did Jesus separate himself? Why was Jesus distanced for you and for me? That's why he did it for you. He did it for me. That's why he separated himself from the Father and from the Holy Spirit. He did it just for you and just for me. So that together we can come boldly into the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 tells us, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us come firmly to faith to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us or with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every single way, yet he did not commit sin. And then he says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and we may find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus became alone so that you and I don't ever have to be left alone. He knows what it is to feel to be alone. He's been there. He's experienced loneliness. He experienced social distancing from the father who he loves. He experienced social distancing from his home called heaven and all of his celestial hosts. He experienced social distancing from his disciples who he trained and poured into for three and a half years. Jesus was separated from everything.
and in his lonely place at Calvary, he provided the antivirus. He provided the remedy to get us back from a place of separation and healing us and reconnecting us back to the Father. Jesus, my friend, is the antivirus. Jesus, my friend, is the solution. Through Jesus' blood on the cross and his resurrection, he broke the curse of sin. Through Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection, he cleansed us from all of our sin. And as a result, he reconnected us back to the Father. That's what the writer of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 to 28 tells us. For Christ did not enter the sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven himself now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter to offer himself again and again the way the most high priest would do in the holy place once a year. No, otherwise Christ would have to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But listen to this. But he has appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with his sin by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. That's you and that's me. And we will appear a second time. He will appear a second time for this, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to all those who are waiting for him. So Jesus came the first time. He noticed the condition of man and he died on the cross. But the Bible says that once he was crucified, he died, he was buried. On the third day, he appeared a second time. And he appeared this second time to show us that he made a way for us to go back to the Father. He shows back a second time with physical evidence, scars to prove that he was gone, that he was separated, that he was socially distanced so that we can come back to the Father. And he was with us. The Bible says he showed up 40 days with the disciples, 40 days with his loved ones. And shortly after that, the Bible says that Jesus had to go back to heaven because he finished his assignment. He did his work. He completed his mission. And so now he's going to be back connected socially to the Father, connected socially to the hosts in heaven, connected socially to his place of existence. And as he's ready to leave, listen to what he does. He leaves us, but he doesn't leave us alone. Jesus left, but he never left us alone. He never left us alone. That's why in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, he tells the disciples, teaching them to keep all things and to do everything I have commanded. But then he says, but bear in mind this, that surely I am with you always, even until the end of the world. He promised to be with us always, even until the end of the world. But that same way that he left, he's coming back. In the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verse 11, the Bible says that these two angels, these two people, persons, appeared to the disciples and those that watched him go up. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you so marveled at the fact that he is gone? He said, don't worry about that because the same way you saw him ascend to heaven, he will surely come back for you all again. And then he promised to his disciples and then he promised to those he loved that he will always be there that he will always be there with them so how did he do that he sent his holy spirit 
And when the power of the Holy Spirit fell in the book of Acts over the 120, they were sealed, they were filled, they were overwhelmed with the presence of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment until today, we have never been left alone. We have never been socially distanced. We have never been disconnected from the Father. And here's the good thing. God, through Christ, is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is here on earth. But you know what Jesus is doing right now? Listen to what Jesus told his disciples in the gospel according to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Therefore, I will go to prepare a place for you so that wherever I am, you can be there as well. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus is right now in heaven preparing a place for you in the Father's house. What does that mean? That means that he's not preparing you a separate mansion. In the Father's house, he's preparing a place for you. So that from the moment we're caught up and back with Jesus, we will never, ever have to be socially distant again. He prepared a place for us to be with him. And this place is called the Father's house. So you don't have to be left alone. In this world of social distancing, in this crisis that we're living, I want to remind you and tell you again that although you might be in a process of loneliness, you are not alone. He promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So hold on to that word. Hold on to that promise. And in a world of sin and in a world of debauchery, God has a plan more greater than what you can even imagine. Just hold on and get connected to the Lord. So my friend, I want to encourage you today. You have no reason for being alone anymore. You have no reason for feeling alone. And I know that we're on, we're, 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 some of us are on quarantine. Some of us are on, 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 in the houses and we can't move and we cannot do anything. But right there where you're at, I want to submit to you, my friend. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit of God is here with you right now. And just as Jesus went to heaven, when you read the book of Acts chapter 1, he says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus went to heaven, but he sent his Holy Spirit, which is in you, in me, and as a result, we will never have to worry about feeling alone because Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is in us and is for us. Jesus can be with you if you invite him in your life. The Holy Spirit is here on earth looking to connect the world to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, and I'll tell you, you have no business feeling alone. If you welcome me by accepting Jesus Christ, you will be reconnected to God all over again. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And so today I want to challenge you in a world of social distancing. I want to challenge you in a world of social pandemic. I want to challenge you to do what the writer of Hebrew tells us to do. He tells you and I to come boldly into the throne of grace today. Would you be willing to come? Come just as you are. Bring him your sin. Show him your virus. Let him see your scars. Jesus knows what you're going through, but he is the cure to your problem so that you never ever have to feel alone again. Amen.